Okay. All right. What's up, couch co-opters, couch co-dependents, and uh, couch potatoes? This is just a special episode with myself, JPK, and Nick DeWin. And today we're doing an episode on Fallout New Vegas. Uh, this is an episode we kind of hinted at, uh, I think last episode we hinted at it. So Nick and I are, well, Nick's probably the bigger Fallout fan. I think you pay attention, uh, you enjoy the world a little bit more than I do, or at least you're more obsessive about the world than I am, Nick. Would Maybe. you agree? Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not, uh, other than that you play, you did a playthrough of New Vegas last year. I'm, I'm actually not, uh, familiar with actually how familiar you are with the, uh, Fallout universe. Well, we, that's a good uh, point to start with is, uh, we can give a little bit of background information on our time with Fallout. So go ahead, Nick, uh, what's your experience or how did you get into the Fallout universe? Well, and it started with a friend, actually, who was really into it. Um, I want to say that uh, I he drug me over to his shoebox of an apartment and made me watch him play, because that was something he really liked to do uh, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, when we eventually became roommates. Um, he, I would sit in his apartment and watch him play video games, which, I mean, I'm sure that was great for him, but there were times where I was sitting here fighting sleep. But anyway, uh, it probably took until 2010 when he, he bought Fallout 3 when it first, I think right around when it first came out in 2008, but the TV he had at the time uh, was still, it was a CRT tv from i think like 2001 2002 oh wow. uh he he wasn't really impressed with how it looked on there and it wasn't until i actually became a roommate with him again and brought in my 52 inch lcd tv and um hooked my ps3 up to that and we started playing fallout 3 that he was impressed in how it looked and he got into it and I got into it at the same time. Um, in fact, like the first time I played it, I played it for six hours straight. Um, and it, it was just, it, I hadn't had a game kind of grab me like that in quite some time. And uh, this was probably around springtime of 2010. Um, Six months later, New Vegas came out, but I didn't really start playing it until around 2011. But, uh, but yeah, Jake was pretty much the guy that got me into the Fallout series. Um, and once I started playing Fallout 3, uh, I was looking up stuff online, just just trying to find like some of the backstory on some of the characters. Granted, Bethesda kind of had their own interpretation of things and i think i kind of dived in dove into it a little bit more once i started playing new vegas because as we'll probably touch on a little bit later with obsidian and black isle and kind of what new vegas kind of represented to some of the old school fans um hmm. just it um it was just just something that i just kind of like kind of dove into more and i mean i eventually did play the first two but I am absolutely awful at him, and 
don't think I would do <clears throat> a service for trying to cover Fallout 1 or 2 because I'm still at the very beginning and I die a lot because I absolutely suck at it. Well, it's almost like a generational thing, too, because those games, when did Fallout 1 and 2 come out? Like, in the 90s? Uh, the, f- the first one came out, uh, I think, September of 97, and then Fallout 2 the following year, like, almost, like, to the year. Like, I think it was also September of 98. But yeah. They just they they took it and they kind of like expanded on it. Um, like I I mean this is kind of where I wish Jake actually would have been here because this is where he he could uh, fill in a lot of these blanks because it's all I really have to go on is stuff I've read and stuff that I've remembered. But it's I mean. Yeah, that's fine. And just just trying to remember what he told me about it, it's it seemed like they expanded Fallout. I mean, I think Fallout 2 uses the same engine. I mean, graphically, it doesn't look like much changed, but the fact that they made it uh, a lot bigger, there's a lot more, I think, kind of going on. Yeah. Um, no, I noticed that, too, that I've seen... I mean, I've seen video of Fallout 1 and video of Fallout 2, and Fallout 2 just looks a lot more detailed. Yeah. And that's what he always said. He always said that Fallout 2 was his favorite uh, just because it seemed like kind of like a much more a larger, more in-depth game Mm -hmm. than the first one, which I guess that makes sense because, you know, you really don't know what you're what you're really dealing with both in terms of story and technology and and I know they imported some of the characters in Fallout 2 that uh, I know at least one character from Fallout 2 is in Fallout New Vegas. The uh, super mutant who, like, leads the... Yeah, yeah, he's in uh, New Vegas. Who, by the way, is voiced by uh, Michael Dorn, if uh, if anybody is... Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, from Star Trek. Uh, Uh, I should... uh, New Generation. He was the... He plays Worf. Okay. Funny. Um, did um, you, did he play? So was he the original voice of Marcus or just in New Vegas? No, he was the original voice of Marcus. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, kinda, and that, that's kind of what that's kind of what made kind of New Vegas kind of great is like um, stuff like that. Uh, so like some of the references, some of the characters. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a whole lot of else because it, I think. As far as the timeline goes, I think between Fallout 2 and Fallout New Vegas is only 40-ish years, so I think a few of the characters could have... uh, I mean, because they don't take, like, uh, location-wise, they don't actually take place too far from each other, because I think the first Fallout took place kind of like in southern, like mid to southern California. The second one took Mm -hmm. place uh, kind of the same central part of uh california but north and i think even uh arroyo is uh and i know it's a spanish word that is completely butchered but um it actually resides in southern oregon but they also Hmm. it also goes over into reno or new reno if you will um but i'm trying to think of other characters that 
kind of came over from Fallout 2, but I just can't think of them right now because Marcus was a big one. Yeah, that I mean, that's all I, I remember. I mean, and that's just from watching YouTube videos of, uh, of just different Fallout stuff. And it was like a did you know kind of video I was watching that mentioned Marcus. Um, and then uh, and then from Fallout New, so you pretty much you put pretty much have played the Fallout series with the exception of one and two in sequential order as they've come out. So you did Fallout three, Fallout New Vegas, and then Fallout four. Yeah, I mean from that point. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't played any of like the spinoffs or anything like. Uh, have you played Fallout um, seventy six? The online. Um, I. S- Started a character on there, but that's about as far as I've gotten with it. Um, it was more, I got that game more just to, because I think Ian and Jared were telling me to get it and we'd play online. I think it's, but, uh, well, I haven't done that yet. <clears throat> yeah, because you can get it. I know it's on the PlayStation Plus stuff. Um, I don't oh, know. Oh, I ended up, I bought it on disc for like six. Oh yeah, that's right. So you got it. Yeah, I remember that when they like it was super cheap. Yeah, because it was still full of bugs or whatever. Uh, actually, no. This was probably within the past year, and actually, the version oh, I wow. got, uh, um, is I think it had like a couple different languages on it, but I mean, it it works for my region, so that's all that really matters to me. Oh, hilarious. Um, and then for my, uh, I pretty much had a similar experience to you. I mean, I played Fallout 3 on the 360, and then I played Fallout New Vegas, and then Fallout 4. I haven't played any of the previous two Fallout games. Um, Fallout 3, I remembered liking a lot, and then I liked, I didn't get Fallout New Vegas until I played it recently, because I've replayed that game a few times since it's come out. But it's when I've played it recently in the past year that it finally kind of clicked for me why people enjoy the game so much and why a lot of people, they prefer it over any of the other Fallout games. Uh, I feel like Fallout 1 and 2 is kind of has a special place in people's hearts, like the people who have played. And I think it's more Fallout 2 because Fallout 1, from what I've heard, it was good. But Fallout 2 is just an improvement over gameplay wise and maybe like the story is just as good quality as the first one um so it seems like the original fallouts kind of have a for people who have played them has a special place in their hearts but for the people who have just played the three games on the you know starting on 360 ps3 up till now um it seems like a lot of people love new vegas um and then maybe I do you know outside of New Vegas do people people prefer Fallout three or four? Um, I I, I mean, it seems like a lot of them actually like to uh, get on both three and four, uh, like some of the more diehard New Vegas types, but that would that's kind of uh interesting in the fact that again i wish jake was here because he actually says fallout 4 is his favorite like he loves the storyline the most on that one. Oh, um, really but yeah but i don't i mean he's obviously not uh 
of somebody who's played the original series, or I mean the first two, I think he's more kind of an um, kind of a more rare breed in that stance versus what the majority of the people who've played the original would feel. Um, I think most of them probably just don't really like either three or four because uh, a lot of it, I think they ha- it has to do with kind of how Bethesda uh, kind of took a lot of the lore and just kind of either kind of retcon some things or just kind of created their own origin to satisfy the East Coast portion of things. Mm. Um, and Jake just, I don't think he really concerned himself with that. He just played the games as they were and um when he noticed like certain connections he's like oh cool and this is still a fun game because he still liked fallout 3 i mean it took a decent lcd tv for him to actually come around on fallout 3 but uh no i think he's pretty much like um aside from kind of some of the other spin-off games i think he's pretty much like he's liked all the main installments um, but like I said, I think he's more kind of like the outlier. So I, I don't know if I actually answered your question. Other no, than you did yeah. break off into like 50 different tangents, but, um, no, well, or, understand- or I took the scenic route to get there, I guess. Yeah. My understanding is that people love new Vegas the most out of the fallout series because it is a true RPG. Like you can role play. The role playing elements are much stronger compared to, uh, I think fallout three has pretty good RPG kind of qualities. I feel like our, uh, fallout four is probably the most maybe approachable because I think they focus on making it more of a shooter, which the mechanics are better compared to, New Vegas and Fallout 3 in terms of shooting shooting mechanics. But I also feel like they went too far to make it... I mean, in my opinion, they made it pretty vanilla. You know, they almost tried to make it like a COD shooter and and, st- and focused less on role-playing or made the role-playing elements more forgiving. Um, and then New Vegas, I feel like, fully embraced them. I think the only downfall with New Vegas, I feel like, in terms of the role playing, is if you get all the DLC, then it pretty much breaks that role playing element because it expands the level leveling system high enough that you could pretty much max out all the skills, and then it doesn't matter what your role play is anymore because you're pretty much uh, a jack of all trades at a hundred for each skill level. I was never able to do that in New Vegas. I easily did that in fallout 3 but did you get did you ever uh, get play in the elc in uh, new vegas oh absolutely uh, um so when i was playing it was before all the dlcs came out so it was um it i th- i'm not sure if i they actually had the game 20. Level twenty is was the cap for new vegas yeah and then and then once you which each successive dlc you got another um, five five levels yeah um but uh i think i don't think i had beaten the game the vanilla game yet when the first dlc came out but of course i was right there 
downloading it, which was Dead Money, which is a very like you have people that either love or hate it. Um, yeah, I I my... play Dead Money, and I can see why people. I I see why people love and and hate it. But before we get, I kind of want to save the DLC towards okay. the table that for now. Yeah, so it's a little appetizer. So, uh, so leading into so we'll go from you beating Fallout Three because you're right. I mean, the Fallout New Vegas came out around a year after Fallout Three came out. So it was well, a very... um, it it Fallout Three came out fall of two thousand eight, and two years later is when New Vegas came out. But oh, I, I didn't start it came out a year later. No, it was it was a good two years, but I mean, it was still a little bit of a rush for Obsidian because yeah, uh, I uh, think I don't yeah, I don't I, know if you noticed with the uh, plethora of uh, but I mean, of course, Bethesda has their own bugs, but I guess maybe that's the charm of it. But no, I feel like well, it's it's hard now because I feel like they've patched the game a lot since then, and uh. When I played it recently, I just didn't really notice that many bugs. Versus when I played it, when I played it uh, when it first came out, I noticed a lot more issues. Um, and I, but I feel like because of, especially since they've released the DLC for the game, I feel like they were able to, as DLCs came and went, and as they were doing more updates for the game, I feel like they were able to smooth out a lot of the wrinkles that they initially had. Um, so with, uh, what were you, what was appealing to Fallout New Vegas when you first started seeing commercials or advertising for it? Actually, I didn't see any advertising for it. it oh, this wow. Was okay. Just kind of more of a, I mean, so a lot of my adult life, I actually haven't really had cable. Um, it only, I mean, well, actually, that's not entirely true, just because my roommates at the time did, but I just I didn't really use it a lot. Um, but I think I'm trying to remember. I think we probably, Jake and I, we got rid of cable probably around the time New Vegas came out. But we already kind of knew it was coming out just because of stuff like we spend a lot of time on the Internet. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's... I don't think I've actually seen an actual New Vegas commercial, but I've seen And so it, you were just more drawn to the fact it's another new uh, Fallout game, and I really enjoyed Fallout 3. So you didn't even think about who was making Because I didn't really... I mean, I remember Obsidian made it, uh, but at the time, I didn't even think much of it. I just... To me, it was another Fallout game, so I didn't even really care or paid attention to who made it so did you have the same kind of feeling or were you just um were you interested in that someone else made it or it was just another fallout game and you you couldn't wait to play it i'm not even sure at the time if i was really all that deep into who made it yet i think that kind of came a little bit later um and jake may have tried to explain that to me and it was just kind of over my head uh uh, cause I mean, he bought it for me as a gift, but 
I actually didn't start playing it. Like, like I look back on some of my achievements that I got, and I saw that like at the very like some of the latter days of uh, December, I actually gained some of like the very early on achievements. But then there's just kind of this like this uh, good couple months before I started getting more achievements again. So there was a good uh, month or two where. Because I think I was doing another playthrough of Fallout 3, so it was like I didn't want to jump into New Vegas just yet. Um, so did you have any... Were there any thoughts... Uh, like, I'm kind of... I feel like I'm similar to you. I saw some advertising for New Vegas. I mean, the appeal for me for New Vegas was... It was taking place in New Vegas. Or in Vegas. So I was very interested in that. Um, and then I, I just... Having lived in Oregon most of my life at that at that time, I was interested in the desert landscape and all that stuff. So I think just the fact that they went from uh, a D, the DC area where it was very urban and like you know another DLC for Fallout Three, they had you you went to more diverse landscapes, uh, but for the most part, you're in an urban area and it's a lot of gray that your gray tones that you're dealing with in fallout three. So I was really looking forward to that. They're getting a whole new color palette. It's in the desert and it's in Vegas, which is where you live now. And then, so that's what, yeah, yeah. Now I live there and it, and it, that's the hilarious part of the game is how, because of the limitations at the time they really couldn't do. And, and also they just didn't, my understanding is Bethesda didn't get that much time to develop the game. Like it was such yeah. a quick turnaround for them, which is why they had issues with bugs and glitches and stuff like that. Cause they just didn't get enough time. Um, and I don't know enough of the backstory. I don't know if I know because Bethesda still published yeah. it. Correct. Uh, so I, I think they, if I remember correctly, they just got a lot of pressure from Bethesda because Bethesda, and I think they want to release it during Christmas time as well. So that's like why they didn't want to do any, um, uh, delays because they were trying to get it in for the Christmas season, which I think I remember did, correctly. I think it was like late November when it came out of 2010. Yeah. Um, so uh so that's initially what appealed to me about the game. And I and I really liked Fallout 3. Um you know the VAT system was really cool at the time. Um so that's what drew me in to Fallout New Vegas. Um so what were your uh what was your initial first impressions of it? Like did you just play it all the way through? Or did you play it for a bit, took a break, and then beat it? Or because for me, I don't even, I don't, I, I think I may have beaten one storyline and then I just stopped playing. But I can't even. I think I may not even have completed a storyline. I think the, uh, I kept fucking myself because of the character creation and how I was doing my role playing because I was trying to, uh. I was trying to be a jack of all trades, but I just didn't know. I wasn't used to that kind of gameplay style versus Fallout 3 was way more yeah, forgiving. Yeah, because you could get a perk every time you leveled up versus New Vegas, which was every other 
Um, and then I, I think they also had a. Can't think of it. I think you got fewer yeah. points too. Um, and there was also a lot less uh, skill books available, so it kind of made it harder to yeah like bump up some of your other stats. Um, no, I I mean like I said, it was like I I I think I kind of started playing, but I ended up going back to Fallout Three and. Uh, I think trying to finish the playthrough that I was doing there. Um, I I do remember early on uh, <laughs> jumping into like a nest of a uh, rad scorpions just on the north side of a uh, good springs nah. and and just from my experiences with them in Fallout Three, it's like oh these should be no big deal and sure enough they just kind of had yeah. their way with me and like well. So I'll yeah. be doing that again and kind of shied away from there for a few levels. But uh, yeah, I, my initial startup, I don't think lasted all that long. Um, it, yeah, I want to say it's like I like started playing like the end of December, uh, probably put it down for a couple months. And I don't think I really started up again until like end of February or early March. And then that's kind of just kind of when I like fell into it and it just became kind of an every weekend thing. And with me having three days off at the time, it was just pretty much like wake up, play and go to bed and wake up again and do it all over again. Oh, wow. For the most part. I mean, there were, I mean, there were breaks in the action where I got to jump online and, uh, because this was also around the time where Rebecca Black was coming out with Friday and Nyan Cat was kind of a thing. And so, I mean, I was, I was still able to keep tabs on some of the other stuff going on in the world, but it was, it was, it was, it was a fun time to do all some of that stuff. Sorry, I'm still trying to deal with Jake. Uh, he's. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, my first. Uh... I just remember I didn't like the game. Like I, I was just, I just felt like uh, at the time I just took the same approach over and over again. I mean, the only different approach I would do is I would, I knew which kind of perks I wanted to get and which ones not to get and how to spend my points better. Um, but I would always end up in good springs and then you go to uh, prim and then you go up to uh, that town get that gets slaughtered by Caesar's Legion. And then that would lead me up to the strip where you would have to deal with the king and the followers of the apocalypse. And then you finally met Mr. House. Uh, so I was very linear with my approach. Um, not to, oh, and then like what we discussed the other week, going to Novak and, and dealing with the zombies uh close to novak so my approach was very linear and i would only i'd play a character and then once i just wasn't satisfied with them i would just start over um but i just remember not really liking the game and i I was just too young to really pick up the mature themes of the game um and even now i don't you know i wouldn't really pay attention much to the themes until i was reading more about them online or watching videos 
you know, like one of the themes being how the NCR, who you think it are the good guys because they're all about trying to restore democracy to the to post-apocalyptic United States. But you learn as you're talking to the NCR soldiers, they have supply chain issues. Um, they're kind of directionless because there's just too many people who are trying, because it's a democracy, you have too many people trying to push and pull in the direction they want to go to. Basically. Um, so everyone's kind of... Uh, and trying to take over this new territory. I mean, it's almost a a commentary on some governments, I suppose. Yeah, and then you have something like Caesar's Legion, which is so brutal, but uh, at the same time, they're more united because, or Kaisar, because Kaisar is able to pretty much break down their social identity and build them in his image he's able to lead a more coherent force that even though it's brutal you talk to some of the merchants and they'll talk about how they feel safer if they're with uh caesar's legion compared to the ncr because caesar's legion is so brutal no one wants to mess with them and uh possibly anger and bring down the wrath of kaisar um, so that's just one theme that the game kind of talks about. Um, uh, and that was something I just didn't really notice playing the game through the first time. Um, you know, I just what well, I just thought it was like a Fallout Three game, and not real, and not really realizing that because it's an Obsidian game, it's just going to have a totally different flavor uh, than something Bethesda makes. So how many uh so do you remember who you sided with uh, yeah. on NCR. your first playthrough? I sided with NCR. Okay. Um I also made friends. Actually, I don't know how far I want to go with all the other little intri- cuz I believe there's a lot of different endings to this game which will yeah, I think there's like uh, think five there's or something that. like that. Uh, and not to mention, not to mention, there's oh, really? also like little things you can do to affect part of your ending as well, um, like mm-hmm. whether you make friends with the boomers or um, or the oh, yeah. remnants of uh, the uh, West Coast. Um, uh, why can't I think of their name? Um, they're the main enemy in Fallout 2. Oh, the no, no, Brotherhood, Brotherhood of Steel? Of Steel. Um, they're also in Fallout 3. Um, the Enclave. That's who they are. The Enclave. Because oh, there's, okay. there's kind of a very small group of, uh, well, remnants of the Enclave that you can kind of befriend, and they give you some Enclave armor which is probably some of the best in the game. And they actually come and help you out as you're fighting for Hoover Dam. How many times have you played through it? Uh, I've actually only done two playthroughs. But 
they've I mean the first one I played through like I did it within I, I I'm I want to say I beat it between the first and second DLC between the first DLC and the second DLC coming out um and then you know once the successive DLCs came out I just kind of came back and played through those uh the second one I think I started cuz a lot of like a lot of me playing New Vegas after I beat it uh it was just more just me kind of dinking around the world seeing if i could just find anything uh i mean a lot of times i was disappointed but i mean the few times i actually found stuff it was like oh great cool i mean it um like were you disappointed because the world felt empty or um no i think it was just more of uh i think i discovered everything that i was going to discover based on all the decisions that i had made and everything else um but it was um and i think at that time i like my second playthrough i kind of learned one of the traits uh the wacky or the wild wasteland perk would probably have served me a lot better had i picked it the first time but um yeah it was just um It's also kind of limited, though. I mean, if you, I mean, there is like quite a few interactions, but if you look at the, and also some of the references are kind of obscure as well. Um, like I've had it before where, you know, you, you hear the spaceship music that, oh, for the Wild Wasteland Perk. Uh, like yeah, but then I'll look around and I'll be like, what just happened? I don't know what, what happened. And so there were there were a few times that happened where I wasn't sure what was wacky, but sometimes the wackiness could just be some mm. message on a wall, and it's like, oh, that's the wackiness is just some different graffiti that would have been something else had I not selected this. Yeah, part. or it, I mean, it's something that you actually—it's not something that's going to happen. It's just something you have to see. Like I, that happened to me a couple of times where yeah, it's like I came across it and I saw the the hypnotized eyes or whatever and it's like where, where where oh there it is okay there's there's the skeleton with the indiana jones hat in the refrigerator yeah uh, yeah that was i mean some good. of it's just fun but i mean some of it was uh like uh like i think the nuclear bomb that was just kind of sitting out at i can't remember the whole because there were like there were some things that came with that perk that I didn't realize were associated with that perk. So I'm sitting. Uh, I had already kind of delved into looking up some of the stuff and was expecting to see it in my playthrough, and I wasn't seeing it. And I was like, "What the hell's going on?" And oh, funny! Sure, oh, it's Wild Wasteland perk. So I guess I'm not going to see st stuff that I thought I was going to see. Like I was looking for Spike. Um, I think in, um, uh, I think it was Old World Blues where um, you had like this little tiny uh, death claw that was like super tough that came out that came out of a doghouse. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember I was looking for him for a long time, trying to trigger him to come out, and it wouldn't happen. And it's like, oh, wild wild wasteland perk.
Um, and then, so how many you've completed the NCR? I think with my first ending, uh, I can't even remember beating the game. I think I did beat it. I can't, and maybe I selected the NCR because I just thought they were the the good guys of the game. Uh, yeah. And they somewhat are. I mean, just because they they don't enslave people. Uh, it just, but uh, I think the game does a great job of just being like, you know, yeah, you may get some yeah. freedoms, but at the same time, how safe is the wasteland with them? I mean, they just seem to be inefficient and you're still kind of left to the mercy of the wasteland. So is it really just, it's more of a s symbolic safety that you think you're safe with them while with Caesar's Legion, like, yeah, you're going to be subjugated, but because they're so fierce, they really can protect and unite the wasteland. Yeah, I don't, I, that's kind of a hard call. I mean, I, I sided with NCR the first time, and it just it seemed to be like the yeah. like the most beneficial at the time. And plus, even with some of these the Fallout games that I've played, it's um, I even when I've tried to do playthroughs where I'm just trying to be evil, it's I always find myself like always going back to like I always find my karma just like back on the good side and it's like dang it I can't even be evil in a video game and yeah you'll just be kind of a I dick mean, I'll, here and there I'll like try to and then just... I feel bad for those electronic sprites I guess I don't know it's huh. um and I mean I, I kind of felt it was a little harder to stay bad in Fallout 3 but that's kind of a separate discussion. Um, I'm sure in New Vegas it's a lot easier. I mean, that whole good and evil, like, that's kind of a, I don't, because Fallout 4 is a little different in the way they handle that, but, like, with Fallout 3 and New Vegas, um, it's it, just looking up some of the stuff, uh, like some of the actions you can do for good and evil, um, it's there's a point value assigned to it, but you never get to see like where exactly you sit on either side of that, which is kind of frustrating. Um, because I mean, if you're if you're trying, either if you're trying to do something or try not to do something, it's it'd be nice to be able to see how you, how you're kind of gauging your pros your progress, but it's you you don't really know um i guess until after the fact but it's it it would be nice when you're trying to get like certain achievements um to know if yeah so how 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 much you can push it like if you're trying to be all good like get good karma or max or good max karma, good karma or max bad or max evil. evil but i mean like, because, I mean, some of the achievements are to be, like, uh, like holy evil at level 20 or whatever, or level 15, which, if you're at level 14 with, like, maybe a few experience points needed to get to the next level and you're trying to earn that achievement, um, like, it'd be nice to know, like, how many bad things you need to do until you get to that point, um, instead of just... 
kind of guessing and just be like, oh, I didn't make it. Now I have to go start this playthrough all over again. Yeah, like, do mm -hmm. I just need to steal everything in sight in order to be yeah. the worst person ever? <laughs> or can I just... Yeah, I see what you mean. I remember playing Fallout 3 and just getting pissed off that I can't I couldn't steal every anything. I mean, granted stealing is wrong. But it I just remember uh even like lock picking. Like if you lock picked a, a door that that is red, uh you know, that you would lose karma and I'm like, the fuck? Like I'm just I mean, granted, yes, you're breaking and entering, but I just remember being annoyed at shit like that. Um, and then it's a good point to make. I mean, if you are trying to go for achievements and, you know, do you have to start a whole new run just to get the good or the evil achievement? Or can I, do I have enough time can I just save my game here and just start killing people, and then I can? I mean, I'm sure you could probably just cheat yeah, the game I mean, that I way. Just may or may not. I'll have just done uh, stuff like that in other games too. But um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot. I mean, that's. I think sometimes I do that where I just like save the game and because maybe I was just frustrated or something yeah. or just kind of bored, and it's like, all right, I'll save it here, and then I'll just go like on some massive killing spree just to get it out of my system, and then I go back and yeah. play like it never happened. And I think that was another one, too, where the game would change. I think that was one of the first Fallout games that they designed it that, well, if you start killing people randomly, the game would kind of change. For some characters, not all. Yeah, they like had the a... Very, there were some like characters some, that weren't killable. Some, like, I remember... You could have your own, like, they had, like, karma, but then they also had, like, uh, um, like, you, you had, like, uh, you carried a certain standing with, like, say, Good Springs or, um, where, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 probably... yes, reputation, reputation, that's what it is. Sorry, man. Thor's got a little bit of a tickle in it. Um. Anyway. Um. And then, did you? Uh, so, what were some of the main or some of the side quests that stood out to you? I know you talked about "Come Fly with Me." Uh, that was one of your favorite. Yeah, which side quests? My favorite, and also kind of one that was, I mean, it's it. Kind of very fallout in nature, but at the same time, it felt kind of backward to me too. Where I'm as as far as I know, I'm sending these people off to their doom and getting good karma for it. And if I prevent them from doing that, then I get bad karma for it, which I guess is. But um, probably one of the other uh, memorable quests was. Um, discovering and trying to help uh get Helios 1 activated and that that had yeah, uh that's a good one that had quote unquote scientist oh yeah, yeah the researcher guy. yeah Ooh, i mean i mean that was 
pretty memorable and fun and kind of reading the history on some of that, which was kind of fun, which kind of ties into some of the DLC too, which also kind of cool. Um, uh, probably, uh, um, uh, I can't think of, uh, oh, the cons in Red Rock Canyon. I mean, just kind of dealing with some of them. Oh, and, yeah. Um, like even hearing about some of the history of that, uh, just trying to get it and just trying to get in touch with the boomers. Um, that, that was kind of an interesting, I mean, if you could make it through without getting blown up, I mean, that should be an achievement in and of itself. Uh, yeah, I did. Did you follow that guy's advice where it's like, just jump, go uh, from no, house to house. Cause I, there's one there's one npc that does give you no advice. i'm a, i'm aware and of I that i just hugged like as soon as you advice i just never followed it because i mean i think i tried and of course i just kept getting blown up yeah exactly i just remember i hugged the left canyon wall and and then just you know i just used had stim packs as a quick button so i would just keep hitting stim packs and as soon as you cross into the ditch, then you were pretty much safe. Um, but yeah, I just that uh, it's fun at first, but then if yeah. you keep dying, just become it <laughs> starts to become annoying. I think some of my uh, I think doing the casino missions, like especially uh, when you go to the Luxor, uh, which is like the fancy white collar tie uh society oh, white the, tie the society whatever they're called stuff. yes it's a you get bioshock vibes where because bioshock came out around that time or close to so i think bioshock came out before new vegas so it had a so i because i just remember walking into that casino and just getting a lot of Bioshock vibes, especially with the rapture and the masks and people wearing these formal attire. Uh, and then you start a, and a lot. The great thing about those quests, they start out pretty small, and then they start to get bigger. You realize they're not as simple as you thought it was. Yeah. So the initial startup to that quest was your. There's a rancher who's just at the bar. And he's just asking you, can you find my son? Like, he was staying here, and now I can't find him. Just find my son. And then as you go through, you realize there's a bigger conspiracy. So I'm, we'll, we'll just do spoilers. So you realize uh, pretty much there's an underground cannibal society that the casino used to be a part of but has since disowned. Well, part of the casino staff has brought that back. And so you realize there's a conspiracy to we're going to serve up this rancher's son uh, because we had another person in mind for our meal, but he escaped or uh, got lost in delivery. So we kidnapped his this rancher's son, uh, but they didn't even know who he was. They knew he was like, because wasn't their thing like 
they had to find people of high birth, what they would consider of high birth so or something like that. that. I can't quite remember. I just, I just remember the rancher looking for his son, and then you know, then you find out this whole uh, like there's this, um, yeah, it yeah, this underground underground society, society. That still engages in cannibalism. Yeah. And then the the high point is you so the you find out who the leader is and then the high point is pretty much you have him call himself out. So you save the son and then you come up with some kind of meat substitute. So this guy makes this great cuz the point of the guy's speech was to serve them actual human flesh that they think is like cattle or something and then he the high point of his speech was be like, well, you've all just committed cannibalism, so we might as well just bring this back again. So you foil his plan, and then he runs off, and then you return the rancher son to him. And then there's also a speech check to do, uh, which that was another new thing about New Vegas was how they did the uh, yeah. Yes, and I, I remember checks. I ran into so, trouble with that early on because... Uh, because Fallout Three handled it a little differently because it was right. It was a percentage. It, it was a percentage, but there was there was always a chance that I mean, if you always because this well, you could save just load it up and and if it didn't work and, out, just load it up again. And that's exactly so what I did. Trying. Fallout Three, and then I kept trying to do it in New Vegas, and it just wasn't working. I'm like, well, and there was no. after you needed to reach a certain yeah. threshold. In order to pass a different, and it wasn't even that necessarily you had to have a certain level of speech. They would use different skills. So if you were talking to someone about bomb making, well, my demolition is at 50. I pass a speech check so I can talk about demolition. So that was also a nice change they did with the speech check system is your skills could be very relevant to the conversation at hand. You didn't have to be a have a high speech check and speech skill you could have enough skill and enough points in one particular skill of the that the subject is being discussed and could pass the speech check that way too yes um and then like helios one was a good one i did that one's just more memorable because at the end you have all the solar panels and that's actually that actually does exist in vegas or uh, if you're go- heading from Vegas to California, um, straight from Vegas, there's a you see three different solar farms on the way uh, to California. Um, so I, yeah, playing the game, that was something I didn't even think was real. You know, I just thought it was just some solar farm that was just in the game, but there are actual solar farms like that in the Vegas area. Um, and then were there, uh, were there any DLC? Like, what was your favorite DLC uh, out of the, I think there were four DLC, Dead Money, Old World Blue Blues. Um, Honest Hearts. The Utah. Where it takes place yeah, in Honest Zion Hearts. Canyon. Um, or Zion National Park. Um, and yeah, it's Zion National Lonesome Park. Road. Um, yeah, Lonesome Road. 
I don't know if I really have a favorite because I mean I have a favorite order I like to play them in, which is basically when they when they all came out because it almost it's and yeah it was kind of a bummer about them is like they wanted to tell a story in a certain way but at the same time uh they also wanted to keep it to where you could play them in any order and i think that was a director yeah. from up high cause I, think they... I think they initially wanted to tell a story with the courier and um uh ulysses um I, I, and mm-hmm. i mean it's still kind of there. You just kind of have to. I think. I think they yeah. accomplished it. I didn't realize that was something from Bethesda that they told them you can't have. Uh, you can't have them play yeah. it in a specific order. You have to make it yeah, open ended enough. You can play them in any order, which I don't know. It. I mean, I, I guess when I was playing it, when they were actually coming out, it worked. Because um, I mean, you also you also had. I think the big thing that kind of. Oh, it was just. Go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to think back to a lot of them because I mean, it was also just kind of a fun story. It's just like because you initially like if you start out with dead money, you're dealing with. Uh, um, I can't remember the 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 guy who ran off from the Brotherhood of Steel. Um, oh. Elder yeah, Marcus or something some, like that. Um, something like that. Because, I mean, they, they reference him running off yeah. in the uh, the vanilla game. And it is... Yeah, but it was such, like, a small... And you meet his, uh, like, uh, adopted daughter as well. Um, she's one of the... Uh, yeah. Your companions. She was, like, a... Uh, uh, yeah, and she was also yeah, but they McNamara was it McNamara? Yeah, McNamara's the like guy that kind of took over, which, um, and that's also kind of a fun mission you can do. Um, is either keep him in power or replace him with another Brotherhood of Steel character. Oh, yeah. See, but it's that's... yeah. See, you have yeah. a good memory too. I forgot about that. Because McNamara is the name, well, it's the old name for the airport here in Vegas. Now it's uh, Harry Reid. Um, uh, so it was Brotherhood of Steel, and who were the other guys again? Um, well, there, there's the elder that ran off, whose name escapes me, just like he escaped. Uh... Yeah, but but he was part of the Enclave. No, he's part no, of the, he enclave, part of the Brotherhood. Right? No, yeah, he's he's, part of so Steel. it yeah, was, okay. and it was all kind of tied along, uh, tied in with uh, Helios One and the first battle for it, and where the where the brother, yeah, well, that was cool. No, because this took place before the game, uh, where NCR, yeah, actually, I believe they beat the Brotherhood of Steel, which is why they ended up in Hidden Valley. Um, whether or not they had any of their ranch, I have no idea. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> Yeah, because he he knew that Helios One was pretty much yeah. a, a laser, like a, a orbital orbital laser. It was a, and that's why he was holding it was on a to big Helios piece of technology one. that he wanted. Or trying but to, unfortunately, the numbers of the NCR just yeah just greatly outnumbered the Brotherhood, and he ended up retreating somewhere because um, he was uh, yeah, I think he was off to uh, 
dead money Sierra Madre where he was he wanted to he was gonna try and regroup and come back with a bunch of holograms and um uh yeah well it didn't wasn't dead money's thing that they pre it was pretty much a, a 3d printer like that that they could uh he wanted to come back not just with the holograms but it was the gas he wanted yeah. to use as well but wasn't there like a 3d printer uh, element where they yeah they could craft anything yeah, that you wanted you, and so he would have essentially unlimited yeah, resources basically i mean i I don't know if 3D printing was really a thing, but yeah. Father Elijah, that's his name. Yes, and he had, um, it wasn't his daughter. I think it was like another uh, Brotherhood of Steel uh, person. It was Christine. Yeah, but he was like a, she was like a surrogate. They, she yeah. became that close to him that he kind of recognized her Christine, as Christine, and then he daughter. ended up uh, just mentally screwing with her, like taking out her vocal cords and something, and no, that's a different. Um, oh, that you're, was her oh, you're talking about Veronica then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no. You're right. Yeah, because she she is in Dead Money, but yeah, okay, Veronica. Yeah, she's still I was in the about. main game, and um, you can actually find her. Yeah. Running around at uh, at different points, I think you can actually run into her at a. Uh, there's like this. Uh, um, I think it's like an interstate crossing that kind of turned into a trading post that's just kind of okay south. yeah yeah the caravan yeah because i think that's kind of her thing she's like a weird yeah, she, uh i think you could yeah she she spawns in i mean she can, she can become a companion i think you too. can even meet her um yeah um what are your thoughts on dead money because that I remember when that DLC came out, so many people um, yes, hated it. I was, and that that was probably the worst. I was one of the haters. DLC. Was, um, uh, I played it again, my second playthrough, and it wasn't as bad. And uh, I mean, I guess part of it was I knew what, I guess I knew uh, what to expect this time, and so it just. Whatever problems I had, like the first time playing through, like the gas, um, and you know, going in, I mean, I may have been pretty well equipped before I started the DLC, but the fact that I basically started from zero again and I'm dealing with a hollow rifle to shoot like these uh supposed ghosts, um, it I was like, ah, oh, I'd probably fare so much better if I had all my gear. Which, spoiler, if you use console hacks to come in later, um, any weapons that you brought in were actually less effective than the hollow rifle. Um, but that's a, that's a little side note. Oh, interesting. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think I struggled a little bit. I was a little frustrated by all the gas, and I, I think I, I had a harder time my first playthrough than when I did a second playthrough a few years later, like a few years later, it was like, uh, like I didn't, I wasn't struggling as much and I actually kind of enjoyed it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is actually, you know, I'm, I changed my opinion. This is actually a good DLC. I like this. I like, I liked it a lot better when I played it second time around. Cause I actually got to really kind of pay attention more to things. Cause, um, 
like kind of some of the background, some of the details. Um, cause I, I, I think I made kind of a few crucial mistakes with, uh, um, some of the companions. Like I got to a point to where I think dog God, no matter what I ended up doing would end up killing himself. And I was trying to prevent that for some reason. Yeah. There it, no, yeah, that I because I went into that. Um, I was reading about the game on a Wikipedia, the that DLC as I was playing it. Um, uh, and there is like, uh, there is like a point of no return depending on how you interact with Dog. Uh, he will either like turn violent or like will kill himself. Um, like when I for my playthrough, I managed to convince him to combine his two person to accept his both his personalities, and he was able to like kind of become his rational self again. Uh, but my, I feel like with dead money, if you have a high stealth level, you're gonna have a much easier time playing it. Uh, I think it's just annoying with like the ghost people. They're they're pretty much kind of bum rushing you because if you don't have a high stealth and you're just walking around, mm-hmm. you're just gonna get attacked constantly. Yeah. I feel like so you have less and plus breathing they room. Me out the first time I played it too, so it was just like oh, I don't want to deal with these. Yeah, I think that's where the I think that's pretty much for me. That's the place it does at least the first part of the game where outside the casino. I think they do a great job of the ambiance of being this abandoned poisoned city and you don't really realize who these ghost people are like you just think they're other creatures and then you start to realize like oh no they were actually people once who are now pre-war people entombed in these yeah entombed in these what they thought were safety suits but the gas is so corrosive it's pretty much has turned them into these type of ghoulish creatures um and uh, and I think the cast of characters they have with uh, you know Veronica's girlfriend who uh, I was initially freaked out at first because I was like because you find her in a surgical tube and you're like what the fuck is going on and then you realize like she's been had her vocal cords ripped out and it's fun interacting with her because if you have a high enough perception I think you can communicate with her more effectively or intelligence it was something like that so um and then you have the ghoul in the suit who's like a a frank sinatra yeah type character who was like an entertainer there um who you knew is shady when you first meet him but you don't really realize how shady he is until towards the end um where you realize like oh he kind of started this whole mess he was kind of he was one of the like people responsible for the whole mess um what did you think of the conclusion you know did you manage to trap father elijah in the vault um yeah i believe the first time i i think i did both times um yeah because i i mean i remember just trying to uh and i think that was probably part of the game too where there's all this gold here but since you only have like a certain, it's so heavy. It's and so heavy. Able to, you know, you can't take it with you. No. Unless you use console hacks. Um, 
Um, <clears throat> or you kill, like, I guess you could kill Father Elijah, but he's so, uh, I just, uh, I think the game does a great well, I think job there. there. I think no matter what, there's still an and alarm that goes off, and you still have to get to an elevator before a certain time. And if you're over, if you're over encumbered, oh. then you're not going to make it, and then you too die. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I just remember it was just a more fitting end for Father Elijah because he's just such a mm. dick to you the whole time. And uh, and even once you go back to the vanilla game, if you go back to the Sierra Madre radio signal, I guess periodically he'll give an update of his like of his status. So at first he's just very embittered and thinking he'll get out of it. And then towards the later, uh, I guess, last of his days, he starts to realize like he is permanently trapped in this vault forever. And he becomes more, uh, he starts to be, be more pleading about his plight, uh, trying to repent and apologize for what he had done. Well, so I, um, didn't, I never, I, I never tried to listen to, listen radio, to so I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, you, I, I would just suggest go on YouTube and look at it because um, it just takes such a long time, I feel like, to get an up, a status update from him. So I, I would suggest just go online and like there'll be a YouTube video of his different voice recordings and you can get like, it's just a nice detail that they added in. Oh, that's cool and seems like on par with something they do i just i never so i never really spent a whole lot of time listening to a lot of the radio stuff on any of the fallout games just because for one it kind of felt distracting um when i'm trying to do something else and trying to listen for other stuff too so mm -hmm. i don't want to be caught listening to the radio and then get ambushed by whomever yeah and uh, what about the other DLC? I mean, my my personal favorite when I first played it was Lonesome Road because I felt like it was the most story focused. And that um, and just talking DLC. to Jake about that earlier this week, that was his favorite too. Um, but I, yeah, um, when I was doing my second playthrough, like I had a lot of stuff that I completely forgot about in there. Like I've completely forgot about those, uh, um, enemies that, um, I can't think of what they are, but I mean, they tunnel and then they like pop out and attack you. Um, I completely oh, yeah. forgot about yeah, those. Yeah. I, I, Aren't yeah, they called tunnelers or something. Like dumb? I had, like, uh, like, like I encountered that. them, and I like had absolutely no memory of them. I'm like, why don't I remember these? These seem like, I mean, for one, they yeah. use like, um, they're basically reused sprites from Fallout Three. If you ever played the Pit, uh, the frogs or whatever, but, but oh, um, okay. I mean, they kind of dressed them up a little different, but they're more or less the same. But I didn't remember. Yeah, there was just a lot. Like, the only thing I really remembered was, like, the Hopeville, like, shooting the, uh, the, um, yeah. Nukes. Um, 
and then other than that just like i don't even really remember a whole lot of the final fight with ulysses at all well there's a way so when i played it this time around because i know there's a way that you don't have to fight ulysses yeah. and part of it is you can either have a super high i think you have to have like 100 speech in order to pass a speech check with him um but also he leaves like six recordings throughout the whole dlc map and if you pick up all six of them you can pretty much convince him not to fight you yeah um so it's a night and then and then through these recordings you kind of learn who he he was or why he became the person he is now um and why he has such a he wants to why he wants to exact vengeance because at first you don't understand why what he has against you and but and it's kind of symbolic his hatred of you was the impression i got because it's not like you actually push the button but essentially he blames a courier for bringing essentially the nuke button to that town and then them using it uh as a courier made his like as a courier ran away because he completed right. his delivery um and and i remember when i play it now there's also some weird difficulty spikes in that section um some of those enemies ha you have to have very high it, it you have to be a high level and i think it even recommends before you're going in to lonesome road it's like it recommends you being at a certain level before you start but i think the uh, I think I kind of dig old world blues more now because it's just more lighthearted and yeah, kind of more, more traditional Fallout. Um, I mean that that's the one that won actual awards. Yeah, it's oh really? Um, I don't know what award it was, but um, it uh, like best like DLC that. or it, something it, like that. Yeah, of all the yeah, that was one that won. I think award or awards around that time. Um, just I think kind of uh, some of, some of it was when I think yeah I think like uh, the humor um, stuff like that. But interestingly enough, my buddy Jake he didn't like that one as much. Hmm. Did he say um, why? He he just said he didn't see what the appeal was. Um, I think I think. Oh, he funny. thought it was a little too silly, like kind of went a little too far with some of the stuff. Um, I mean, I thought it was great seeing like these pre-war scientists as like, you know, eyes or whatever, like on screens. And I, I, I mean, the whole thing, is, I mean, the whole fight with another one of their uh, supposed peers, which essentially is more just like, play fighting if you will overall well and then it had a pretty mm -hmm. good twist where they're building up this evil mastermind and then it turns out these five brains that you've been working for the entire time they're actually the mat the mm -hmm. evil ones like he because he knows that if they get out into if they get out of the mountain or out of the crater they'll pretty much destroy the world uh because they'll want to like fit the world to their image yeah. or try to keep it safe by or something like that so he created uh 
this never this like loop cycle of him trying to terrorize them and if they got to a certain part he would just uh erase their mem memories yeah, again yeah. i forgot how he was able to erase their memories but uh somehow if they got too far we're starting to get out of the mountain get a little out of hand they were in then he would just yeah exactly um but honest hearts and honest hearts i when i played it it's just boring is uh it's not that interesting um the only cool thing is getting the uh the guy's uh police armor that was like the only cool benefit of completing that dlc is you get some cool looking armor but the characters and the story itself the story itself is kind of interesting because it just kind of touches on the cycle yeah. of violence um and how to possibly break that cycle of violence but you don't really realize that until the end of the game I mean, they kind of touch on it, but uh, uh, I think I think they made a good attempt. I just don't think if they're trying to talk about the cycle of violence, I don't think uh, Obsidian landed on it. What were your thoughts on on I his mean, hearts? I think like both playthroughs, it just it was. Yeah, I didn't even notice that part of it like some sort of cycle of violence, but it was, I think I was more trying to pay attention to like, uh, the burned man and kind of his backstory. Um, and yeah, this is kind of where, like, this is kind of like the weakest tie into the whole DLC story of, um, the courier and Gilly, oh I mean, yeah, the closest connection you have is that uh, he trained a lot of the the opposing tribes that you fight against. Um, but other than that, there's not really much of a connection to kind of the DLC story. Um, but uh, and one and one interesting note: it's also like the first time you get to see weather in a Fallout game. Yeah, because it it actually oh, really? rains. Yeah, it rains. Does it rain? And I and that was another thing that oh, I completely wow. either I didn't really notice it the first time I played, but I noticed it the second time. I was like, oh wow, it's raining. I've never actually noticed that before. And of course, then you start playing like a um, Fallout Four, and then you've got like radiation storms and actual storms and stuff like that. So kind of. It was kind of, it was kind of, that was kind of neat, but it was also, like, the map was also kind of small, too, compared to some of the other DLC, or it just seemed, I mean, it seemed big and small at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think they, I mean, there were, the game was, that DLC was somewhat linear. I mean, I feel like if you followed the, story i mean but you could say yeah. the same for lonesome road i mean lonesome mm -hmm. road is very linear um which versus uh zion you can move around and explore areas that the tet the quest doesn't ne necessarily touch on um yeah and i think if you um and i think you end up uh like after you beat it you basically just empty it out because uh, I think I've gone back after I 
beat that DLC, and it's like other than the I can't remember the name of the tribe that that uh, you side with. There's really nothing else to see there. It's like everybody else is gone. So it's like in terms of like because I mean, yeah, they move oh yeah out. they move right. There's I mean aside from maybe some critters like some radiated bears that by the way animal friendly perk doesn't work with, which I found out the hard way. So, uh, like in Fallout 3, you can use Animal Friendly Perk, and then those radiated bears, Yagwai, they won't attack you. Doesn't quite work that way in Honest Hearts. They'll still attack you. Oh, wow. So, were there, uh, I guess my, my last question is just, uh, what were there any standout characters for you? Uh, either companions or... Uh, NPCs uh, that you came hearts? across. Oh, just in the, for the whole uh, whole Fallout New Vegas universe. Uh, Boone kind of had an interesting kind of backstory. Um, oh yeah, um, that was a good one. And plus, I think the investigation on the disappearances of his wife—that's yeah. another great quest. Mm-hmm. Where you know it starts out. I mean. It starts out once again, kind of small. Find my wife, and then you realize uh, that there's uh, that pretty much she got sold by someone they knew, and you don't even find out about it unless you go into uh, the person's yeah, the safe motel and you pretty much find the sales receipt. Yeah, yeah, that um, Veronica. We already kind of touched on with her, um, though. I don't know if she was one of my favorite companions. Um, um God, I'm trying to. Th- uh, am I forgetting? Oh, oh, the Danny Trejo uh, companion. I mean, that was just fun, just because it was voiced by Danny Trejo. Yeah. Oh, the mechanic. Um. Yeah. And I guess he could actually repair all your stuff really well, but I don't think I ever used him for that. Um. Yeah, you can uh he he has a shack that you can go to. So even if he's not in your party, you can just go to his shack and he'll repair. Uh I think he repairs stuff oh, to 100%. Yeah. Uh, uh I think some of uh you know, there's Benny. Benny's kind of fun to play with. Benny. Uh so Benny is like yeah. the main antagonist. The the main antagonist uh just like his style and just talking to him how uh he's just he just stands out you know with the what was it what was the name of his gangs the it wasn't the king the Omertas? it was something else was the, who he was with no those uh, no that, that those were like the scudsy uh, guys i can't remember you know come to think of it i don't really remember much of benny other than him being voiced by matthew perry Oh, chairman. They were called the chairmen. Um, and it's and it's more fun. Like once you, once you find him in Kaisar's tent as a prisoner, you can like pretty much kill him by challenging him to combat, and that's pretty satisfying. Just to, because he caused yeah. so much grief for you that you can finally like just kill him yourself, or uh. 
or even when he's at the hotel and like i guess there's like it's more from you have a different interaction with him if you're a female character because you can seduce him and uh if you have the uh black widow perk you can have him like sleep sleep in a bed and then just kill him in bed and uh so which i've never played as a female in fallout new vegas so but it would be interesting to play as a woman and just just to see, just to see how you handle him yeah um and i think kaisar himself mm-hmm. is kind of interesting cuz he's just unapologetic about how brutal he is because he used to be yeah yeah more, i think he was uh, one of the uh, one of the followers yeah he was a follower of the apocalypse which yeah and so he was more uh he had a brighter outlook on life and then he he just became more corrupted once he got out into the real world. Yes. Um, sorry, I'm sitting here trying to think of all the other characters. Um. You know, it was another, uh, this is a tangent, but another good side quest was training those, like, that uh, squad of NCR troops at uh, Camp David, I think it was what it was called. Do you remember that no. side quest? So there's a, a side, there's an NCR camp that you can go to that's at a golf course, and there's these ragtag group of soldiers. They're like a bunch of misfits, and it's at a golf three course, separate about camp golf? missions. But it's camp golf, yeah. Really um, and if you yeah it's like okay. a it used to be a golf course and then you can through different you know speech checks like one of them was explosives because you have to train them how to like throw grenades i think another one was like guns um but you can tr- train them to become more of an elite fighting force uh so that was kind of fun just because uh how different it was and they're just a lot they have different personalities and so you're trying to train them to fight a, as a cohesive group yeah i think i or even vaguely, uh, the, vaguely remember that or the camp mccarran uh terrorist plot where you're trying to find out who's yeah, sending and you have secret to, like, messages go into one of and the towers at like a certain time if, yeah yeah and hear him talk and then and then you had a certain amount of time to get to the train like there's a specific thing uh there's a specific sequence of events you had to do and when i played the quest the first time i fucked up without even knowing it uh so the train would blow up as soon as i stepped into onto the train platform it would just blow up no matter what so i had to reload the whole quest and then play it through the right way so that way i would have enough time to get on the train find the bomb and disarm it um uh but yeah there's just a lot and the con the other fun cool thing they did with new vegas in terms of the quest structure was not all so with fallout 3 pretty much all the quests main and side were achievements um but with fallout new vegas they did that but then they added like side side quests that you wouldn't even get necessarily like get an, an achievement from but they were like smaller stories an unmarked side quest what was that like where it didn't even yeah. like 
Which you wouldn't pop up as like a mission. Yes. Kinda. I mean, I think they I think they just had so many side quests they just couldn't give them all achievements. But there were like, I feel like some side quests that uh they they would kind of register. Uh, but they were just like kind of small, like micro universe type stuff where, you know, if you went to some settlement, it was only local to that settlement. You weren't going to travel right. around. It was just going to be in the settlement itself that you had to defeat or finish this side quest. I'm trying to think of something like that and nothing's coming to mind. But I know what you're saying. Like, I know they yeah. exist. I just can't. Um. So, do you have any closing thoughts about New Vegas? Uh, just that um, I probably need to do, a, do another playthrough because, like I mentioned earlier, um, there's like nine different endings. I think there's there's yeah, there's it's stupid. three a piece for like each side that you're on, whether you're doing an independent Vegas. Uh, Caesar's Legion or uh, NCR, um, and there's a Mr. Oh, yeah, House that, too. Yeah, that's if you part take of it over for Mr. House. Vegas. But isn't there? Uh, can you? I think I think that there's independent, but I think there's one if you take it over for Mr. Well, House. Well, there's too, one if you there? take it over for Mr. House. There's one if you take it over for Yes Man, and then there's one if you just take it over for yourself. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought the Yes Man and yourself were one and the same. Maybe I have that wrong. But I... Because, I mean, you can... I believe you can kill Yes Man. I'm not... See, see, I've never done those endings, so it's... Yeah, I I haven't done those endings either. Maybe I'm not positive. Um, I think this is just stuff that I've read. Um... Because you can yeah. definitely kill Mr. I think, Howe uh, the I've one done that. I opened him from his. Yeah, you can. Open I've done that multiple times. Like, Expose him to the world. Yeah, and then mm. you just blast him. I think the one drawback to that game, it's definitely a game you have to play multiple times. Like what you said, how when you played the first time, because I had the same experience. I mean, I played it multiple times until, and then I finally got it. But I feel like that's a game you play. I mean, a good comparison is like Outer Worlds, which is, you know, the spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas. I didn't have to play that game multiple times to get it. I got it. That game's pretty streamlined, which can be a good or a bad thing, depending on how hardcore of an RPG experience you want. I think New Vegas is much more of a hardcore RPG uh, game. And New Vegas is very streamlined that it has RPG elements, but there's definitely like a fixed story they want you to go through. And while you may come up with different endings for side missions, the main ending only, to my knowledge, only has one ending. Oh, for Um, Outer Worlds? Okay. Which is nice because... uh, um... I mean, they, I guess it has two endings. You can either be for the corporation or against it. But I just remember the quest structure was way more linear in Outer Worlds versus in New Vegas. Like, you know, there's multiple endings. 
So you're going to be playing that game multiple times if you wanted to try and get Which all the endings. Is fine for the game itself, but if you're trying to tell a story, like for especially for all these people that wanted a New Vegas 2, uh, now that Obsidian and Bethesda are under the same Microsoft umbrella, like, well, now you kind of have to choose which ending is the one that continues the story, or you keep it. You keep yeah, it really that's vague, a good point. but um, it just it just kind of I mean you, it just sucks now that they have to uh, either pick an official ending or uh, I don't know it's just it just it sucks having that many endings just for that just from a storytelling perspective that it's you now have to make a create an official ending which may not um, sit well with some people. Like there's going to be a certain percentage yeah. of the fan base that it's like, I don't like that ending. That ending sucked. And I mean, of course, gamers will pretty much bitch about anything. But Well, I, how do you even, uh, I mean, with that many endings, how do you even approach any, I mean, you had fallout four and I, I don't even know if fallout four really touched on any New um, Vegas stuff. So, I want to say there was like a mention or two, but it was kind of like just vague. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm not, um, yeah, I think the one mention I think was uh in Nuka World where they mentioned uh Sunset Sarsaparilla. I think, I mean, that's oh, pretty, okay, that's. I mean, almost nothing, really. Um, but yeah. I think... Uh, um, I think Fallout 4 and Fallout 3, just they try to stay in their own world with... I mean, for the most part. I mean, obviously, there's references to the first yeah. two Fallouts, and I think anything after that is... Well, and even Fallout 4 had, like four different endings or something like that so well, Fallout yeah. 4 had a lot of uh different yeah, endings with each too. of their own uh i guess it depends on which faction you sided with um institute or yeah yeah so on and so forth so i think they could i think they could manage it i i i think there may be some small changes but whatever story they settled on i think it would uh you know, like take a game like Mass Effect. I mean, it you your choices could follow you through the whole three games, but it still had multiple endings, and but it didn't necessarily change the core story for each installation. It just changed some details, uh, but they were still clear in a story they were trying to tell in the Mass Effect universe. So I think it would probably be similar if they were to do a fallout new vegas 2 well, that whichever well, ending you pick like which one the official story is because i mean who who take who's who's yeah. ruling over new vegas at the start of the second one mm -hmm. but uh see i've never played mass effect so i mean does that mean uh when you're playing like the sequels, like you can reload like previous load games from the previous games, and it kind of uh, yeah, you're that was yeah. like the selling point for Mass Effect was that 
your choices matter. So I never played Mass Effect 3, but from Mass Effect 1 to 2, uh, you could import your character. So whatever character you made in Mass Effect 1, you could import it to yeah, Mass okay. Effect 2. Um, and that was a big deal when the game came out because that hadn't really been done before. Um, and it would also import the decisions you made in Mass Effect yeah, 1 into really Mass Effect cool. 2. Um, and did it actually work out pretty well? or? Yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, like I said, it didn't change the core story they were trying to tell. It just, like, some characters would be there and some characters wouldn't, invite, and depending on your choices. Um, and some characters would reference events that happened, um, depending on your choices. So it was a nice little detail, but it didn't change the whole storyline, you know, massively. Um, so I think it would pretty much be the same thing in New Vegas 2, that they would have to come up with a story that was influenced by the decisions you made, but doesn't radically change the story from game to game. Sounds like it would be quite the undertaking. Yeah, well, and unfortunately, yeah. we're not going to see that anytime too soon, because I think they're going to start on, they're starting on Outer Worlds 2. Before Whether they go, they uh, entertain the thought and of I, New Vegas too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it'd be big news. I don't even think they've even there's even any rumors that there's possible New no, Vegas. No, I think it's sequel. just more of a, uh, like when that news came out. That's pretty much everybody was like, "Oh wow, that's a, more of people hoping for that possibility." Yeah, and I think uh, I think it would definitely happen. I think that game has aged pretty well uh, in terms of. I mean, people have bought that game over and over again. There's a mod community Ooh, yes, for that is, game. Uh, Nexus mods. Um, yeah, and people, uh, it's one of. I mean, a lot of people consider it the best, their favorite Fallout game. I mean, I hear more about New Vegas. And like I hear New Vegas and Fallout Two, and compared to any of the other Fallout games, I guess a third would be like Fallout Three, because that kind of relaunched yeah, and the that's, series that's, um, again. Yeah, Fallout Three is probably uh, a lot of people. I mean, myself included, like their first experience with the franchise, um, especially probably a lot of the people younger than myself who were uh, Fallout 1 and 2 came out and they were a little too young to play it for whatever reason, yeah. content restriction-wise, because uh, those were fairly wild games. I mean, there weren't a lot of games, I don't believe, out at the time that allowed you to kill children. I mean, granted, you did get dealt with swiftly um and once again this is where jake would come in handy because he could sit here and tell us that while yes you could kill kids even accidentally killing a kid labeled you a child killer and then you'd have bounty hunters on your ass for the rest of the game so oh, it's funny. not without consequence that i mean sure you can kill kids if that's your thing but there's yeah there's going to be some hell to pay for it it's it's not going to get let you get away with it 
Yeah, but I think uh, I mean to me, uh, I feel like New Vegas still holds up. I mean, yeah, it can be kind of clunky yeah. sometimes, um, but I really did. I I enjoyed it a lot more playing it this time around than I had in the past, and I appreciate it a lot more than I've had. In the yeah, past. there's sometimes where I just I look at my computer and I just like to fire it up and. Uh start playing it again but there's some technical issues that i end up dealing with that prevent me from doing so it's it's not mm-hmm. the game itself it's just my choice of a keyboard and associated software and windows 10 but that's all right well that's our new vegas talk uh we want to thank you all for joining um the next step is for me to <laughs> edit some certain yeah, spots and then, so uh, uh, yeah, well, it, uh, it'll be, uh, this is my first time. So luckily we didn't stream it live. So, uh, there's no, uh, accountability for when this episode right. comes out, Nick. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, there's no, uh, all right. Uh, I can't think of the term, but I mean, there's nothing to judge it against. So, uh, we've at least got that going for us. Yeah. Hey, we got our we got mm-hmm. our extra and, content out of the way. So we've done our due diligence. I mean, it wasn't really much of a surprise cuz he just popped in to listen, but at least he somewhat showed up, Jake. So thanks for at least coming in to listen for a bit. I mean, I still wish he would have chimed in, but I kind of understand why he didn't. And he had to leave because he had to put his kid down too. So there there was that going on too cuz Huh? To death? He had to put his kid down oh, like sleep. he had to kill it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking about child killing. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, so uh, later me and some some of my bounty hunter friends are going to go uh, have a little chat with him. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you so you much bet. for joining me, Nick. All right. Bye, guys.